Welcome back to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I am your host, Premobot of the Play Call Network, and you already know this one's going to be spicy. Turn your volumes down in your headphones in advance, because it's about to get loud. Let's get this going. You know how we do? Yeah, Fam up first, and before I get to the spicy, let's run down some... Uh, Regular volume headlines for you. First up, Yafam or Nah, Clemson head football coach Dabo Sweeney gets a record 10-year, $93 million deal, the largest in college football history. Listen, I hate Clemson, but this is a Yafam. He's won two national titles in three years, and there's no denying his recruiting either. He and Alabama head coach Nick Saban will make the same yearly average salary. But I am a nod to someone getting paid that much to coach while players don't get any piece of the pie for their large role in Clemson's success. By the way, this is a reminder to Dabo. It's time to stop playing the little Clemson routine. We see right through the bullshit. You're getting big time millies now. Stop acting like your Tigers have it rough. Yes, first headline. We can sound it. Let's go. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. It's about to be much more of that. Next up on Yeah, Fam or Nah, we have the NBA playoffs moving on to the second round or the conference semifinals. All the top seeds ended up advancing. Goes for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Yeah, Fam or Nah is the East doomed. This is a yeah, fam. I think we all know it's coming. East is supposedly a stronger conference, whatever. Went through that last episode. It's all because LeGod James isn't in the conference. All you teams out East know it. LeBron's your daddy. I am a yeah, fam. Two, the top two seeds in the West having the most difficult time moving on. The Nuggets took seven games to beat the Spurs. And the Warriors, in a surprising series, took six games to beat the L.A. Clippers. <laughs> and lastly, I'm a nod of the real matchup we wanted, Warriors versus Rockets being in this round instead of the conference finals. Congrats in advance to the winner of the Warriors-Rockets series for beating the winner of the Blazers-Nuggets series. We all know it's going to happen. Does anyone even care about this Blazers-Nuggets series? No? Didn't think so. Glad we all agree. Sticking with the playoffs in the aforementioned Warriors vs. Rockets series. Yeah, fair or not, James Harden should have gotten a foul call on his game-tying three-point attempt late in the Rockets' Game 1 loss to the Warriors. So, a little bit of background here. The referees reportedly told Houston Rockets head coach Mike D'Antoni that they missed foul calls on a few of Harden's three-point attempts in the first half. Late in the game with the opportunity to tie tie it for the Rockets, James Harden stepped out on his first possession to tie it, then tried to draw a foul on another chance, with Draymond Green defending him with just 7.4 seconds left on the clock. After there's a no call on Harden's three-point attempt, he, after the game, said the following, quote, I mean, I just want a fair chance, man. Call the game how it's supposed to be called, and that's it and I'll live with the results, end quote. Of course, the NBA's woke, Draymond Green, in response said, quote, I've been fouled by James on a James three-pointer before. No, I ain't going with that one, end quote. 
I'm a nod to this one, but there is more. It can't just be a nod and we move on. I'm not a fan of Harden's soccer-esque behavior in the NBA recently, but it's not a complete nod. Harden had calls absolutely missed in Game 1 against the Warriors that he got every bit of in their last series against the Utah Jazz. And when you don't get calls you should, you're going to embellish. So that's where I'm a yeah fam. There were multiple occurrences for Harden in the first half where Clay Thompson contesting a shot came down in Harden's space to land. The three-pointer in question, defended by Draymond Green, was not one of those cases. Harden kicked his feet out trying to draw a foul. But you can get why if you're not getting the call, you're going to try to sell it more. That's where I have an issue. Just make the calls. They're less likely to be up in arms when James Harden is acting like he's in the Men's World Cup flopping all around every time he gets touched or not even touched. Also, the NBA admitted on the plate that he stepped out that Steph Curry committed a foul and should have been fouled out. The same Steph Curry who hit the game clinching shot, by the way. Then you have Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, which typically is the one guy I like on their squad, mocking the foul complaints in his press obligations after the day after game one. Good thing for him, Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey tweeted a story in which Steve Kerr was fined for complaining about referees in 2016. Daryl, permission to join Team Petty approved. Sound it for this man. Petty alert, Petty alert, Petty alert. Pass recall is a classic way to join the squad, Mr. Morey. I'm glad you knew what will get you in first ballot. You know what? Fuck it. I changed my mind completely. I'm a yeah fam. He should have gotten the call. We didn't room for the Golden Snake Warriors. They were wrong. Sound it again. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Okay, the big sports event of the weekend was the 2019 NFL Draft. A couple of notes before I give you my yeah fam or nah. The city of Nashville, who hosted the draft, had record numbers, reportedly drawing 600,000 people the weekend of the draft. Wow. Nielsen reports that the draft on ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network averaged 6.1 million viewers at any given time over the three days. Wow. Yikes, that couldn't have been good for all the bachelorette parties that were scheduled in Nashville. (laughs) You played yourselves. Of course, once the draft started... Kyler Murray was selected number one overall by the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals traded last year's number 10 overall, Josh Rosen, to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for Miami's second round pick, 62nd overall, which the Cardinals used to select wide receiver Andy Isabella. The Cardinals also received a fifth round pick in next year's draft in 2020. Listen, I'm overall, I love the NFL draft. I'm a yeah fam. I'll never not be a yeah fam. Great friends in Nashville that said it was fantastic for the city and quite a sight to see when they sent me pictures. It was nuts. Yeah, fam to that. Love that they're rotating cities like they're doing now. It's drawing bigger and bigger numbers. But this sure is going to be one to live up to in future years. Um, Next year's site's in Las Vegas, so we'll see how that one fares compared to this year's Nashville draft. But what we've all been waiting for... And I'm sure you sensed it. I'm sure you fucking sensed it from the minute it happened. 
With the number six overall pick, the New York Giants selected Daniel Jones, quarterback, Duke. You have got to be fucking shitting me here. Giants general manager Dave Gettleman, who's going to be the subject of this long-winded rant that I have no doubt you've already turned your headphones down for. Giants GM Dave Gettleman said, quote, I can say this to you guys right now. When we got in here Thursday night, the question was posed, why didn't you wait until 17? Well, I know for a fact there were two teams that would have taken him in front of 17. (laughs) I know that for a fact. (laughs) So it's tough. It really is. It wasn't easy for me to pass up Josh Allen. End quote. (laughs) So, of course, Dave Gettleman is referring to his second first-round pick at number 17 overall in addition to number 6. And why he didn't wait to just get Daniel Jones at 17. However, just one fucking thing, Dave. League sources told ESPN that Washington wouldn't have taken Jones if he were available at 15. And the Denver Broncos, who drafted Missouri's Drew Locke in the second round, also wouldn't have taken Jones with their first round pick that was originally number 10 they ended up trading. The other teams that might have been in the quarterback market, depending on who was available, were the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals. The Dolphins later traded for Josh Rosen, like I mentioned before. The Bengals took NC State's Ryan Finley in the fourth round. The same Bengals and Broncos who passed up the opportunity at drafting a quarterback since Dwayne Haskins was still available at each of their picks. Here's my deal, though. We're going to act like this fucking schmo is telling the truth here. The same fucking guy who said the Giants didn't sign Odell Beckham Jr. just to trade him. Only to trade him. He knows for a fucking fact that two teams would have taken Daniel Jones. A guy who's nothing. Wow. And then it gets even better for this fucking genius GM, Dave Gettleman. Quote, the thing that convinced me about him as a player was the senior bowl. I watched Jones three series. (laughs) Really? A whole fucking three series, Dave? Please continue. The first series, he was three and out. Series two and three, he takes them right down the field for touchdowns. And he just looked like... What a professional quarterback should look like. End quote. You gotta be kidding me, right? Three fucking series is the start of Dave Gettleman being convinced about this guy. (laughs) This guy is running a NFL franchise right now. Basing franchise-altering decisions on watching three fucking series of a guy's very last game as a collegiate player. The Senior Bowl. Dwayne Haskins, on being drafted 15th by the Redskins and passed on by several QB-needy teams, said this to Jen Leda. Quote, to be honest, I'm more motivated than ever. I've got a chip on my shoulder. The league done messed up. End quote. So naturally, Jones and Haskins are going to be compared for the rest of their careers. So I might as well start a little comparison for you number one podcast listeners. Let's take each of these quarterbacks' last regular season games. Here's their breakdown. Daniel Jones, your number six overall pick of this year's draft, (laughs) based on that fucking genius Dave Gettleman, this was his last game. 17 of 36, 145 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a whopping 11.2 QB rating, 
is this like the SATs where you fill in your name correctly and you get an 11.2 already? Because that has to be it. Here's the best part, though. Jones' Duke Blue Devils lost to Wake Forest 59-7. You heard that correct. So the number six overall pick in his last regular season game against Wake Forest, mind you, threw for just 145 yards, a a gimme 11.2 QB rating, and a fucking loss to Wake Forest 59-7. I think Duke could send out their basketball team with Zion Williamson at quarterback and do better than that against Wake Forest's football team. Anyway, Dwayne Haskins in his last regular season game went 20 of 31 for 396 yards, six touchdowns. That's right. Dwayne Haskins threw one less touchdown than Daniel Jones managed to lead his Duke football team in points to. (laughs) Dwayne Haskins had six touchdown passes. Daniel Jones led Duke to seven points. Haskins had a 92.3 QB rating. And Ohio State beat number four, Michigan, 62-39. Number four, Michigan, was beaten 62-39. That same Michigan defense that had two top ten picks from that very unit. League, done messed up. Nah, Giants done messed up. I'm doing my damn best. I'm trying not to exaggerate here. But the Giants might have had the worst offseason in recent history. This team, man, I am glad I'm not a fan of this team. And they're in my division. This team traded Odell Beckham Jr. for nothing. They let their best defensive player, Landon Collins, walk in free agency. Then, as Fox Sports' Nick Wright put it, quote, took the only quarterback they possibly could at number six that the fans won't be begging to start over Eli, end quote. Here's here's another good quote for you guys that quite encompasses new Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Quote, listen, I was a fifth-round pick, and I feel like the Giants took me with the sixth pick. (laughs) That's from ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. There's more from that fucking genius Dave Gettleman, by the way. I know you guys were clamoring for it because this fucking Mensa over here knows more than all of us combined. So he's got some secret up his sleeve, right? He says, quote, maybe we're, we're going to be the Green Bay model where Rodgers sat for three years. Who knows? It's one of those deals where it doesn't make a difference what position it is. You can never have too many good players at one position. What good players do you have at that fucking quarterback position? (laughs) Do Eli Manning and Daniel Jones qualify as that to you? In what fucking world is Eli Manning what Brett Favre was when the Packers decided to sit Aaron Rodgers for three years? Second, that was 14 fucking years ago. 2005 draft, Aaron Rodgers was selected. And you want to compare your model, Daniel Jones, to Aaron Rodgers right this minute. A 14-year-old model. Even fucking Blake Bortles played after three damn games when he was supposed to be redshirted. Quote, we really believe in this kid. We really believe he's going to be a nice, not a nice, a real quality quarterback for us, for our franchise, end quote. I'm starting to think... Dave Gettleman is proof that any one of us can be an NFL GM. Whatever higher, whatever, higher, whatever higher power you do or don't believe in, 
that's got to be his purpose at this point, right? Like, like anything is possible. If Dave Gettleman can be a GM, I can't stress this enough. If this idiot can be a GM, this this man genuinely traded away traded away Odell Beckham Jr. in his prime, signed Eli Manning to twenty million dollars, then used the number six overall pick on someone he's saying might sit for three years. How fucking out of touch do you have to be to think something no one else is thinking? Not one damn person thinks Daniel Jones is a better QB than Dwayne Haskins. Yet just because you want to go against the grain and act like a fucking genius, you somehow came to the conclusion over a couple months of scouting, starting at the goddamn senior bowl, that this was your man. (laughs) the new york giants deserve nothing good in this world i hope Dwayne haskins shits on them twice a year for fucking ever this fucking genius this mensa dave gettleman drafting a project at number six holding on to eli manning and paying him 20 fucking million dollars giving away odell beckham and landon collins This guy is employed by the NFL. The minute you think you should quit doing something in your own life, think about Dave Gettleman. Unfucking believable Daniel Jones at number six. We live in a world where this man, just because he was coached by the same dude who worked with the Manning brothers, is the number six overall pick. This guy was a day two prospect picked before Dwayne Haskins. It feels weird for me to say this, but... I almost feel for Giants fans. As a Cowboys fan, it pains me to say that. All this going on in our division, the only solace I find is that Dwayne Haskins would shit on the Giants. Could you imagine hanging your hat on a decision to draft a potential three-year project at number six overall? Couldn't be me. This guy should not have a job. Daniel fucking Jones at number six overall. Daniel Jones. Nobody had heard of him. Daniel Jones lost 59-7 to to Wake Forest football. Daniel fucking Jones at number six overall. Let that fucking sink in. There is a guy out here. The one guy out here thinking Daniel Jones was worth this. Made a decision to actually draft this man when no fucking out, no one fucking else thought this. This guy is employed by the NFL making decisions for a franchise off of his first scouting being done at the Senior Bowl. This is a real thing, guys. Just when you think sports can't get more outrageous, Daniel Jones gets drafted number six fucking overall. But fucking Mensa over here, Dave Gettleman, he's a fucking genius, knows something we all don't, right? (laughs) On that note, time for Likey, No Likey, Hate It. First up, my likey, nine Ohio State players drafted this year. Speaking of my boy Dwayne Haskins, before the draft, tweeted the following. Whatever team picks me, I just need one small thing. Just one. Please pick one of my guys for me. Haskins then tagged his three Ohio State wide receivers that were draft eligible. Them being Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, and Johnny Dixon. And I'll be damned if pains me again, division rival Washington listen. They drafted Terry McLaurin in the third round and gave Dwayne what he asked for. But anyway, back to the Ohio State players. Nine of them taken this year. 
Y'all must be so mad about that. I can't imagine. Oh, wait, draft was in Nashville, so that's SEC ter- territory. I'm sure all the SEC fans are claiming all 14 of their team's picks as their own. Seems about right for you guys. I forgot about that stupid-ass tradition y'all have of being okay with sucking and taking credit for teams not your own. Yeah, sound it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. My next likey goes to Damian Lillard, Blazers guard, who dropped 50 points and drained a 37-foot three to send the Thunder home in Game 5 of their opening round series. This man, Damian Lillard, instead of celebrating, waved goodbye to the Thunder and then was captured in one of the best pictures ever while being tackled by his teammates, stared stone-faced at the camera. This dude lit. Russell Westbrook talk all series and waited to kill him before roasting him in the thunder. Permission to join Team Petty? Approved with flying colors. Sound it for him. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Last likey of the week. So last episode, talked about Ohio State's likely backup quarterback Matthew Baldwin announcing his transfer surprisingly. Ohio State's new head coach, Ryan Day, acted quickly and secured Kentucky graduate transfer Gunnar Hoke to come to Ohio State. Loved the move, filled a void immediately, and Hoke is a local kid with ties to the school. Love a Columbus boy coming home and getting a chance to the Buckeyes. Since Hoke was not recruited by them originally, it's his chance to be in the QB room. Love it. My no likey connects to one of my likeys I just talked about. But Russell Westbrook haters are reaching levels of exhaustion for me close to that of LeBron haters. Give it a fucking rest, guys. Give it a rest. He is good, I'm sorry to tell you. He is damn good. And yes, he's won an MVP. You're going to have to live with that. Cry yourself to sleep. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Last but not least, hate it goes to Ben Roethlisberger getting a two-year extension worth $68 million, including a $37.5 million signing bonus and an additional $30 million in in injury guarantees. Wow. Roethlisberger had one year left on his deal with $12 million. Now he has three years on his deal for $80 million with the aforementioned $67.5 million guaranteed. Asked for comment, the Pittsburgh Steelers probably said, quote, anything for our dad, end quote. Probably. Allegedly. I don't know. Oh, by the way, in case you need an update on the Antonio Brown trade, since the draft picks are now complete, here's how it panned out. The Oakland Raiders received Antonio Brown. The Pittsburgh Steelers received Toledo wide receiver Deontay Johnson and Michigan tight end Zach Gentry. (laughs) Yep, those are not auto-generated names from a video game. (laughs) Just letting you know, those are real people, and they were traded for Antonio Brown. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. But good thing they have Big Ben, you know? (laughs) Anything for dad. (laughs) Now it's time for my favorite section. You played yourself, and it pains me, but first up is Oklahoma City Thunder forward Paul George. 
I mentioned Damian Lillard's game winner to send the Thunder home in the playoffs in the opening round. Paul George was the defender Damian Lillard hit his step back long three from. After the game, Paul George said the following, quote, that's a bad shot. I don't care what anybody says, that's a bad shot. But hey, he made it. That story won't be told that it's a bad shot. You live with that, end quote. Come on, man. I hate that for you. I'm sorry I'm going to have to do this. Shout out my cousin for this one. I had to do it to him. Man, on the bright side, Paul, I will give you this. Your permission to join Team Petty has been approved. So I'll sound this for you. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Hopefully it's a consolation. I know it is. It's the best team you'll ever be on. Forget the Lakers. Forget the Thunder. Team Petty's where it's at. I know it. Sh- sound it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Keeping on... The same team. The next you played yourself goes to Oklahoma City Thunder head coach Billy Donovan. So, after the Blazers won, Blazers center Ennis Cantor recalled a clip catching his former coach Donovan and still current OKC coach saying the words can't play Cantor to one of his assistant coaches. This came a few years ago when uh, Cantor kept getting beat off the dribble by a guard. So after the Blazers' victory over the Thunder, Cantor tweeted, quote, can play Cantor, after he had a 13-13 and game in their Game 5 victory. Never thought I'd say this, but give, give Ennis his due petty alert. Sound it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. I dig it. No context to the tweet. Just wrote, can play Cantor. Genius. And let Twitter handle the rest. And his canter, permission to join Team Petty. Denied. Wow. <laughs> no likey canter. He's not on my squad. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Yeah, Kawhi, you can take this one. <laughs> Listen, man, you you hate on LeBron. You're dead to me. Can't be on my team. If you don't like it, please be entertained by these stylings. The next You Played Yourself goes to Drake, the star rapper. After his Toronto Raptors beat the Orlando Magic in the first round of the NBA playoffs, said the following to the press, quote, you want me to talk about the curse or you guys good? End quote. Listen, Drakey Cakes, a curse isn't broken because you beat the Orlando Magic in the first round of the playoffs. Not to mention the same day you did this, your Toronto Maple Leafs lost an elimination game. Yikes. I feel like since Kawhi's on his team, I gotta include that first. Kawhi hit it. <laughs> then you know what we have to hit you with. Petty alert! Petty alert! Petty alert! All right, next up, you played yourself goes to NFL draft trade rumors. After all the potential moving up and down of the draft, The only move of note in the first round of the NFL draft was the Steelers moving up to number 10 to draft Devin Bush, 
What a letdown. Don't give me that shit about the number of trades in the first round either. We know what an impact trade is. Teams moving into the end of the first round to get a fifth year of a rookie deal on a team option or a team moving from number 27 to 23 isn't the shit all these rumors were about leading up to the draft. So you played yourself close to that. Had this bad feeling all these rumors are going to result in nothing and there we are. Always seems to happen with the NBA trade deadline too. Heading over to hockey, you know, biggest hockey fan you guys know. You played yourself goes to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Why, you ask? Because, so Vegas lost a game seven in overtime to the San Jose Sharks in the opening round of the NHL playoffs. Seems kind of rude that I put them on you played yourself, but as the big hockey guy I am, are we supposed to feel bad about the Vegas Golden Knights? They w- made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year of existence. Meanwhile, our Columbus Blue Jackets just won their first playoff series. Vegas has done enough in their two years. Like, go be a fucking expansion franchise and pay your dues. Fuck out of here. You know what team I'm on. Sound it. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. And last but not least, this one might have been my favorite one. Because I can just sense how gratifying it was for the man. But you played yourself goes to Mets relief pitcher Jacob Ram. So the night after Jacob Ram threw two pitches near the head of Philadelphia Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins head. Hoskins in a 6-0 win over the Mets hit a home run off of the very same pitcher. And executed the slowest home run trot since 2015. He took a whopping 34.23 seconds to round the bases after hitting a home run. He deserves this petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. I wish I had a 34 second version of that to provide him. And just so that you number one listeners get an idea of just how slow he purposely trotted around the bases. Reese Hoskins. Permission to join Team Petty. Approved with flying colors. May you always have a spot on this team. For getting this man back and then having the wherewithal to think, I am going to basically move at a snail's pace with the ultimate get back of this dude who tried to cheap shot you. I love it. Sound it again for him. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. He might still be rounding second. (laughs) Okay, for who you got and what you feeling, I promised I would recap... My picks for the opening round of the NBA playoffs once they're complete, and they finally are. So just a little recap of my predictions and then the results. First up, I picked the Bucks over the Pistons in four games. That ended up being correct. I picked the Raptors over the Magic in in six games. The Raptors won in five. I thought the Philadelphia 76ers would beat the Nets in seven games. It just took them five. I really thought the Nets would fare better, but their game four loss was a backbreaker, it seemed. I picked the Celtics over the Pacers in five games. The Celtics actually swept the Pacers. Out in the West, I thought the Warriors would sweep the Clippers. It took the Warriors six games. That is my favorite result out of all of them. Hit it, Kawhi. (laughs) Heavy alert, heavy alert, heavy alert. I thought the San Antonio Spurs would upset the Nuggets in six games. However, the Nuggets did win the series in seven. 
Similarly, I thought the Thunder would upset the Blazers in seven games, but this one happened to be my most incorrect one since the Blazers won it in five games. And lastly, I thought the number four seed Rockets would beat the Jazz in four games, and it ended up being the Rockets in five. Last episode, I made some predictions NFL draft style. My selection for the number one pick overall in the draft, I said was Nick Bosa, though I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kyler Murray, and it ended up being Murray. The first QB taken, I said Dwayne Haskins. L-O-fucking-L at this one. You Mensa Dave Gettleman. For my first round prospect that I thought was being overlooked, I chose Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. Oliver went to Buffalo at number 9, and he should fare really well in that defense. I thought three quarterbacks would be taken in round one. Haskins, Murray, and one other. The one other being Drew Locke out of Missouri or Daniel Jones from Duke. Kyler Murray went number one. D-A-N-I-E-L-O-L Jones at number six. And Dwayne Haskins at number 15. For the positions I thought were not worth first round investments, I mentioned two groups. Those were running back and wide receiver. Those were the two groups I felt you'd get comparable talent on day two as you could get in day one. And this one definitely seemed to pan out based on teams' first-round picks. There was only one running back taken in the first round. It was number 27 overall, number 27 overall, in which the Oakland Raiders selected Alabama's Josh Jacobs. There were only two wide receivers taken. Hollywood Brown from Oklahoma went at number 25 to Baltimore, and the Patriots selected Arizona State's wide receiver, Enkeel Harry, with the last pick around one. For this week's picks, I want to do a little, some NFL Draft recap picks. My pick for best value of the NFL Draft, I thought that was easily at number seven, Josh Allen from the University of Kentucky dropping to the Jags. In that spot was a steal. Also, feels really weird to say, but the Browns in their first selection of the 2019 draft got a first-round talent in Greedy Williams all the way at number 46 overall. Everybody wants to know winners and losers of the draft. Got a few from each. First up, the winners has to be Washington. They had Dwayne Haskins fall to them at their original spot of 15. Then they traded back into round one, not having to give up too much, and got Montez Sweat, an incredible addition. They added Dwayne Haskins' dude, Terry McLaurin, in the third round, and snagged some running back help in Stanford running back Bryce Love, who unfortunately, recovering from a knee injury, joins someone also recovering from a knee injury in their backfield, Darius Geis, who they got last year. They both could be heavy impact players on really cheap deals and add really young weapons for their future and Dwayne Haskins. Some other winners, I thought the Broncos did a great job trading back to number 20 and still getting Noah Fant out of Iowa, the tight end. Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. Pause. (laughs) The Broncos... Also added Draymond Jones in the third round and had Drew Locke fall to them at number 42, so they secured a young quarterback as well. Also winners were the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got the aforementioned Josh Allen 
and a first-round talent in Jawan Taylor in their early pick of the second round, bolstering their offensive line. As for the losers of the draft, the Oakland Raiders already outlined what ended up being their Antonio Brown trade. They definitely made out like bandits for that one. Did not pan out. They they won the Antonio Brown trade, but they reached for Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson at number four. Then they reached for a running back, what I thought was too early in Jacobs. Did not think the Raiders had a great draft, but... Maybe Mike Mayock and John Gruden knew, knew something we all don't. Maybe they were talking to Dave Gettleman. Maybe they all have a conference call. I don't know. Other losers, I thought the Green Bay Packers still not spending a pick on an offensive weapon to help Aaron Rodgers is a travesty. It's more of the same. Thought it was supposed to be improving with the new coach, but they did not give him any help. And of course, the fucking biggest losers of them all the New York football giants and their freaking genius of a franchise runner, Dave Gettleman. <laughs> Congratulations, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Just like I did with the first round, my picks for the conference semifinal round of the NBA playoffs, the second round, I will go with the Golden Snake Warriors over the Houston Rockets in six games. The Portland Trailblazers over the Denver Nuggets in six games. The Boston Celtics over the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. And the Toronto Raptors over the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games. As for what I'm feeling this week, definitely Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones Battle of Winterfell were everything a fan would want out of two pieces of art spanning a decade of our lives. I'd also like to send a special shout out to... Those of you finding things wrong with Avengers Endgame or the Game of Thrones Battle of Winterfell, don't worry. We all really look forward to your overall outlook and demeanor. We really enjoy the nit nitpicky analysis of an incredible movie and perhaps one of the best TV episodes of all time. I mean, I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind that you people doing that are really fun at parties. People... Just flock to you, I'm guessing. <laughs> also, what I'm feeling, a special shout-out to my dude Rob for his birthday. Happy birthday to my bro. Told you I'd remember. Am I too much sense for this week? My advice I love giving, but you didn't ask for. This week, it is about putting yourself first in the interest of improving relationships that matter to you. So, I already know my number one podcast listeners love to help others out and be selfless. Sometimes you can assist in being selfless by starting with being selfish. You're not set internally. You won't be the best version of yourself externally to those who matter. So my reminder to everyone is to be good with yourself first before you try to help others. You're doing a disservice to those others. If they're who you care about, make sure you spend some time for you. And that's my too much sense. And that'll wrap up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourself. I've been your host, Prem Obad of the Play Call Network. Please pass on this podcast and all of our other wonderful podcasts from the Play Call Network on to people you know, 
please subscribe to Prem Brulee. Please tell a friend about it. Tell that friend to tell another friend about it. Leave reviews, all that good stuff. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time.